Amen. Do Medin Sonship Live coming to you again. And uh, it's so good to be alive. And it's so good to be in dominion. It's so good to be the son of the living God. It's just good. It is just good because God has called it all good. And I have a message. I have a message. I have a message. I have a message. And the message, the title is quite simple, but actually quite profound. The title is The Holy Spirit Teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches. And uh, nothing fancier than that, and nothing more simple than that. The Holy Spirit teaches. This is truly the liberty of the body of Christ. The liberty of the body of Christ is the Holy Spirit. And the liberty of the Holy Spirit is expressed through his teaching ministry. Because the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit has been given to us to demonstrate the very power of God. And so the teaching ministry of the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit discloses to us and manifests to us and makes real to us and alive, is truly the very power of God. The very power of God is displayed through the Word of God. And we have the, the utmost example, really. I mean, you can look at the life of the Apostle Paul that penned two-thirds of the Word of God in the New Testament. And we saw the power of God and how God, through Paul, did some unusual miracles, unusual miracles. There was a raising of the dead. There was a healing. There was a casting out of devils. There was a, a the baptisms of the Holy Ghost there was a manifestation of preservation when he should have died many times over and the Holy Spirit protected him because the word of God, the word of God lived in the apostle Paul richly. And the Holy Spirit disclosed truth through, through, through Paul and this truth is really our preservation. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we often think about the signs and the wonders, the gifts of the Spirit, and all of it is the Holy Spirit. But we recognize that signs always follow what? The teaching of the Word. The teaching of the Word is always followed by the, the giftings of the Spirit. It's always followed by the demonstration of the power of God. And that's why Jesus went about doing good and healing all the world pressed of the devil. That's the miracle working power of God. Why? Because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. God was with him. Keep in mind, who is Jesus? He is the Word of God. And so really, we have been embarking since last fall in 21. We're now what? Coming into March 22. We have been really wanting to break this separation that seems to exist in our carnal understanding with the Word of God and Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, that when you read the Word, you're actually partaking of a spiritual reality. Oh, a spiritual demonstration of love, a spiritual, a spiritual bread that is feeding you and me as we abide in the Word. This is our bread. This is our sustenance. This is our life. This is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus 
himself made flesh and dwelt among us. And so Jesus, Jesus, we know he said it's, it is expedient. It is to your advantage. It is to your benefit that I go back to my father. Because if I do not go back to my father, then you won't have the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. And that's if, let's go to John 16. John 16. I, my, my thought right before just this morning was to stay in, 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 in John's writing regarding the Holy Spirit and then, and, um, in, in the book of John, but also in First John. And, uh, I'm just trusting the Lord for his utterance and his lead. In John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your benefit. It is expedient. It is for your good that I go away. What a statement. What a statement. He's saying to his disciples that, that, that to the ones, he said, if you see me, you see the Father. To the ones that he disclosed the Father to. The ones that watched the, the signs and the wonders, the miracles, the healing of the blind, the feeding of the multitudes, the stilling of the waters, the hushing of the waves and the wind that obeyed him. The one that walked on the water, the one, the one that raised the dead, the little girl, the young boy, the Lazarus, his friend, that one. He says to his disciples, it is to your advantage that I leave. Oh. You see, we can only fully understand the statement when we have the reality of the Holy Spirit. When we have the reality of the personhood of the Holy Spirit, just like in John 14, a lot of these verses I have read many times, and I'm sure if you've been in any sort of a church, a Christian church for any length of time, any time there's a talk and a teaching of the Holy Spirit, these will be the verses that are often read. In John 14, Jesus said, I'll pray in verse 16. I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper, another. And we looked at the word another. It's Alos. It is another of the same kind. A comforter, a mentor, a guide, a lead, a wisdom discloser. The way Jesus was wisdom to those disciples, the Holy Spirit has been given to us to demonstrate the wisdom of Christ to us, the very mind of God to lead us in these paths of righteousness that Jesus led his disciples for the Father's name's sake. The Holy Spirit. The, 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 the reality of the personhood and the, the life of the Holy Spirit is that he is just like Jesus. He is just like Jesus, but really unlimited without a human body, unlimited. Unlimited in where he can be at one time, 
across the world and limited to him being in you as a child of God and in me at the same time and limited to his disclosure to us all in the body of Christ at the same time and limited to a lead of a multitude a beautiful creation of God called the church of the firstborn he is a demonstration of the very love of God, the way Jesus was a demonstration of the very love of God. And that's what Romans 5, I'll just quickly go in Romans um, 5, 5, I believe. Yeah, in 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint, Paul writes. Hope does not disappoint. And, and take note of the context. Why hope does not disappoint? Why does hope not disappoint? Huh? He gave you the answer. Because the love of God, because the love of God has been what? Poured out. Lavishly poured out. How? In our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so when Jesus said, it is expedient, it is to your benefit that I go away. And then early in, four, in chapter 14, he said, I will pray the Father that he'll give you another comforter, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. It's sort of the love of God, but not just known of, of some sort of a knowledge of a carnal understanding to be seen with your natural eyes and heard of your natural ears. But now you have the experience of the love of God. Now you have the knowing of a knowing of a knowing of an action of an anointing within you that is of the Holy Ghost of the love of God. You now have an intimate interaction a knowing within with the very love of God. Oh, The Holy Spirit is a discloser, a revealer to the love of God. The most supernatural power, the grandest of all powers, the essence of who God is, God is love, that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to live within me, within you, and in our own private times, and in our corporate times, to reveal the very love of God that is expressed how? Through this living hope of the Word of God. He is the teacher to the church. He is the instructor. He is the guide. And any pastor and teacher, any one of the fivefold ministries, when they stand and they proclaim the very mysteries of God, that is the ultimate function of the Holy Spirit. The evangelist proclamation of the power of God is a divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The, prof- the prophets utterance of the mysteries of God. A-, 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 a demonstration of the love of God that's found in the Holy Spirit. The teacher, the, the pastor, the apostle that carries this message of salvation is inspired by a divine utterance of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I go back to my Father, because if I do not go back to my Father, you will not be given this mighty, mighty comforter, the teacher, the the guide. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, my kids, 
And the song I used to listen to all the time and started grinding on my little nerves of the flesh. You know, we all have a little bit of flesh that's still dying. It was, a, it was just a wonderful little song, but it was played so often, I just I got fed up with it. And it's a terrible thing to say on my end because the message was so amazing. And it is still amazing. God taught me. God taught me. That's, it was, that, was the, that was what the song was. God taught me. And every, I think every single line in that song was God taught me. God taught me. God taught me. And I remember my firstborn said, what's wrong with that song? You don't like it, mom. Doesn't it say God taught me? Isn't that what you say? God taught me. Yeah, it's amazing how they corner you and you have to repent. But um, God, God, God is the teacher. God is the guide. And so let's go back to where we, we were, the last verse, 14. Let's go to chapter 14, John, and I'll read that. And um, I really would recommend the last two messages before this one, the disclosure of the Holy Spirit. And last week's say so is really traversing in the tracks of those two messages. And of course, there has been a building up until that moment. But the last two messages and this are really, they, they come together hand in hand. And uh, so Jesus in 14.6 says, And I'll pray the Father that he will give you another helper, another, another counselor, the paraclete, that he may abide with you forever, the Holy Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Take note, at this moment there is a distinction and a separation between the ones that can receive him versus the ones that cannot receive him. It is for the whosoever will believe, of course, but some would reject him. And for those, the Holy Spirit, to them, he is not relevant because they're rejecting him. So the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, why? Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I'll not leave you as orphans. So the reason that we know we have not been left alone is because we have been given the Holy Spirit and we have received them through the new birth. We could not get born again without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, one of the functions that he has, it's in, 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 in John 16, in verse 8, and when he has, that is the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he'll convict He'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you'll see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so without the Holy Spirit, there'll be no conviction of sin. Without the Holy Spirit, we'll not be able to be born again. And so as soon as we're born again, the Holy Spirit takes residence in us. And then we know we've not been left as orphans. That was the one thing that I, as soon as I became born again, I knew I'm not alone. I just knew I'm not alone. And I knew that now, now God abides with me forever. What was that? That was a revelation that the Holy Spirit disclosed to me. And Jesus said, and I'll come to you. How will he come to us? He comes to us through the Holy Spirit. 
He comes to us through the Holy Spirit. The very words of Jesus come to us through the Holy Spirit. And this is what we see here in um, verse 12 of chapter 16. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus said, but you cannot bear them now. You can't, can't carry them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. That word is he will lead you. He'll teach you. He'll show you the way. He'll guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. That word that he'll speak, he'll utter words. The very words of Jesus. The very words of Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And then he says, he'll tell, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he'll take of mine and declare it to you. And if we, in that verse 14, where he says, actually the end of um, 13, that that the Holy Spirit would tell us things to come. And then in 14, he talks about the Holy Spirit disclosing or, or, or declaring that which is of Jesus. And then in 15, he said that he, the Holy Spirit would take of what is of Jesus and declare it to you. That is the same word. It's a strong real one too. And that, that is to declare and to announce. And so we, we have a continual announcement going on inside of us of the utterance of the words of Jesus. And this is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. If we go to chapter 15, 26, right, in chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. But when the helper, when the paraclete, when, when this amazing, amazing love of God comes to us, demonstrated by the Holy Spirit, when the helper comes, whom I shall send. This is Jesus, because I'll, I'll pray to the Father, and he will give you. And here, Jesus, whom I shall send to you. You see, when you pray, you're sending. Jesus here, there's so many messages. But Jesus here in um, 14 says, I'll pray the Father. And in 15, 26 says, I shall send to you. So your prayers are never in vain. When your prayers are led of the Holy Ghost, when you're praying, you're sending those prayers out to your loved ones. I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and he'll testify of me. He will testify of me and you also will, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And so I wanted to look at, um, that he will, in verse 26, that he will testify of me. And then that, that word is actually 3140. 
in the Greek concordance. It means to bear witness, to testify. But look at verse 27. So in the beginning, in 26, he said that the Holy Spirit given to us that comes from the Father, he'll testify of Jesus. And then in verse 27 says, we now, because we have the Holy Spirit from the testifying that we have received of the Holy Spirit, we from this testifying will testify to others. And so, you see, we are God taught so we can teach others. It is the very same word. It means the, the word in 26 and in 27, bearing witness and that testifying is the same word. It means to bear witness, to testify, to bring a good report, to give a good report. And so what is the good news? The good news that was disclosed to us by the Holy Spirit of the very love of God that was given to us through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for all of us so that we might live now. That that good report now lives in us so we can give to another. But it's of the Holy Spirit. And so what we communicate, uh, when we communicate the truth of the word of God, not out of a carnal understanding in the doctrines of men that we have parroted all of our little lives and, and, and just memorized sermons. There are people who actually memorize sermons. There, there, there's a different sounding when the Holy Spirit flows through a vessel versus someone having memorized something. And that memorization is what we call mental ascent. And actually it leads to bondage. But when the Holy Spirit communicates through a vessel, there is a liberty. The liberty of the gospel is what? Not the do's and don't do's. The liberty of the gospel is God loves you. The liberty of the gospel is that God has poured out his love in my heart so I can pour his love on you today. And as, as the Holy Spirit bears witness within us, testifying, we now bear witness of that which has been disclosed to us of the Holy Spirit. And um, I want to go to chapter 14 here, verse 25. And I haven't looked at this verse here in the last three weeks, so it's for today. These things I've spoken to you, Jesus said, while being present with you. While being present with you, Jesus says, I'm speaking these things to you. Just a little early, he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you another helper. Just like I spoke to you person face to face, you have one that will be face to face actually within you. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm present with you, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. And I love that word means the teach, he will teach you, he will cause you to learn. The Holy Spirit causes us to learn. He is the understanding of the word of God. 
You see, the carnal man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. And if I have time, I'll look it up in 1 Corinthians. Paul writes this in chapter 2. Just like here, John, uh, Jesus said through John in chapter 14, that the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You see, the carnal man is always looking for something that makes sense. The carnal man is always wanting to make sense out of this word of divine spiritual revelation. You can't make sense. The word of God is made to be believed. The word of God is made to produce faith in you. Faith is what causes you to overcome. Faith is what causes you to walk as the giant of the earth and to shift the atmosphere in the heavenlies and not put up with oppression. Faith is what causes you to see right, discern right, and speak right. The face of last week that we, we preached on. Faith. Reason, on the other hand, this mental ascent is cowardice. You go hide behind your little chair until the storm passes by. Because we just don't want to ruffle any feathers because we're good little Christians. And so you know what? We got to be just kind, kind, kind. What, what, what does kind look like? What was the kindness that Jesus demonstrated to the Pharisees? Truth is kindness. Truth is a shift of a paradigm. And if you receive it as truth and don't, don't get offended by the truth as the Pharisees did, you would receive the very kindness and love of God. <laughs> but if you get offended by this truth, you are creating a hardened heart. And that's how you end up going to mental ascent and making reason out of something that is made to produce faith, a living reality of a say-so. I am the champion of the world. I am the light of the world because the champion, ha-ha, and the light of the world has taken residence in me and in you too if you're born again. And so here we see Jesus said, I'm speaking to you face to face. I'm present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. He will cause you to learn. That word is um, didasco in Greek. It's one, three, two, one. To teach, literally, to cause to learn, to instruct, to instruct. Look at the other part. To impart knowledge. This is a living life. This word is life himself. And he has come to give you life and even more abundantly. And so there is an impartation of life, of divine knowledge, of revelation through which you are escaping the corruption that's found in the world. And it's a function of the Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. He is the one that's causing us to learn, to mature, to grow in the full stature of Christ. How? By us really uh, yielding to the gift of self-control and the discipline that's found in the Word of God and be found abiding 
in truth. And thus we are his disciples indeed. In the New Testament, this word didasco, to teach, nearly always refers to teaching the scriptures. Take note that this word is used by Jesus regarding the Holy Spirit. Regarding the Holy Spirit. The word study in the Strong says this word always refers to teaching the scriptures, the written word of God. The key role of teaching scripture is shown by its great frequency in the New Testament and the variety of word forms that are used in terms of the teaching of the word. And so it is the ultimate function of the Holy Spirit. And most, 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 if you ask them, if you ask them what they think about the Holy Spirit, uh, what their understanding is of the Holy Spirit, I would say most of them would say signs and wonders, miracles, healings. Jesus says he teaches. And I think we haven't understood what really that is. You see, like I started, the signs always follow the teaching of the word. And so when he comes to teach us, because he wants to demonstrate the power of the resurrected Christ, that same might that raised him out of the grave lives in you and I, the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus calls a teacher. And look how he teaches. He'll teach you all things. And that word all, actually, I, I took a picture of it, I think, somewhere. It is panta, panta, and it's uh, not like the animal panta. Uh, it means it means each, every, all in the sense of each, every part that applies. He is teaching us everything. Everything that applies to your life and godliness that is found in the knowledge of the word. Peter writes that in Second Peter chapter 1, I believe. The Holy Spirit is disclosing all that pertains to our lives. It says the emphasis of the total picture then is on one piece at a time. Here little, there little, precept upon precept, line upon line. Don't be impatient. Let him teach you. When you scale a mountain, you go one level at a time. And yes, you know you're going to make it to the very top, but it's one moment at a time. When you run a race, I run at times, and I know how far I go, and I go one pace at a time, one step at a time. And oftentimes, I don't focus on the end because I know I'll get to the end because I have the determination of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to make my little set my little goal line but not to be overwhelmed by how much i gotta go ahead or or how much more strength is required from my body to 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 endure the run i go one step at a time and for me that is conquest i just i just made another step and another step and it's like climbing i'm not a rock climber but i i love watching and it's amazing the guts and these these people that climb and these 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 really steep inclines with not much holding them 
There's these metal clips. And they just want patiently and and you watch them how they start surveilling the and they scale the surface where will their next spin be and they'll 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 make a placing of it and then they'll, they'll then they'll put their weight there and then on to the next and and there's always a surveillance that is the alertness that's the vigilance i just recorded dominion talk this this this, this week i encourage you listen to it and it was watch and pray and so here he says, how does he teach us? All things. So let's finish. So always one piece at a time, then focuses on the parts making up the whole. Making up the whole. And I pretty much said it. You go one step at a time, and yet you know you're going to go to the very end. When you're climbing a mountain, you go one moment at a time, but you know you're going to make it to the top. So you have the whole picture, but you recognize it's one line at a time. And, um, and so he's teaching us all things, all things. How? Bringing to your remembrance. By bringing to your remembrance all things that I said to you. By bringing to your remembrance. I love that word. It's 5279 in the Greek concordance. I won't even try to say it. It is to cause one to remember. So the Holy Spirit is so good. God is so good. Jesus, it's, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'm going to give you one that will cause you to learn by causing you to remember, by reminding you. And um, the, the study of that word is, um, it means, to remember because prompted. He'll prompt you. He'll prompt you. He'll encourage you. He'll comfort you. He'll advise you. He'll pray you through that moment. Through you, he'll pray for another. And so this is who the Holy Spirit is. And this is really how the power of resurrection is displayed to us. Through words uttered, spiritual words uttered. Let's see if we can go to 1 Corinthians really fast. And maybe I'll finish and maybe I'll leave uh, 1 John for next time as the Lord leads. But right now I wanted to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 about the instruction of the Holy Spirit is through uttering of words. And that is a true demonstration of the power of God. What did Jesus, what did, you know, that, that, um, the centurion that said that he had, um, someone that was underneath him, um, in rank that was sick. And Jesus, and he, he went to Jesus, right? The servant. And, um, his servant was sick and uh, at the point of death. And, um, and so he went to Jesus and said, Jesus, uh, come and heal my servant. And, and Jesus, was about to set, to set, to go to that servant's house. And what did the centurion say? What did the Roman, the Gentiles say? Oh, no, 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 just speak the word. And my hurt, my, my servant will be healed. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. And my, my servant will be healed. What happened? What happened? That's exactly what happened. What well, the centurion went back, back to his hometown, back to that place of residence. 
They found out that that servant was healed the very same hour that Jesus spoke the word. Well, what did Jesus say to that which the centurion said? No greater faith have I found. The utterance of these divine words is where the power of God is manifested. And so the quicker we believe the word of God, the disclosure of this written word that is line upon line, that the Holy Spirit is causing us to learn and then bringing to remembrance, we are actually walking in the very power of God, in the very preservation, in the very wisdom of God. And this is what Paul is saying. And, you know, we look at Paul and we think of the miracles. We, 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 we think of, you know, the, what he had to endure and go through. And like, oh, Paul was an amazing, amazing person. But really it's the amazing Holy Ghost in Paul that caused him to triumph at all times because Christ lived in Paul. And so Paul says in chapter 2, 1 Corinthians verse 2, look at that. I determined to scrap everything I knew up until this moment of my new birth. A Pharisees of Pharisees. He quoted, he could have quoted the Old Testament back and forth, back and forth. I determined not to know anything among you. Except, except, meaning I'm not going to debate the, the Bible with you. Oh, he would have debated out of their breath. I think he would have, he would have been amazing to, 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 you know. But that, that is not what God called him to do. That's not where the power lies in debates and arguments and disputes with carnal understanding because someone thinks they know a little more than you do. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. I, I want to be just like Paul. I've determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross. Because that's where the power is at. Because it was expedient, he goes back to the Father. So unless he died, then we would not have a divine disclosure within us now. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. I did not utter carnal understanding to you, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I spoke to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And just further, little down, it says, in um, verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hidden wisdom which is of God, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. No carnal man knew it. Not even the devil knew it. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The power of that crucifixion. And that's what Paul says, I, I, I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What came out after the death is the ultimate demonstration of the power of God. The ultimate defeat of Satan, the ultimate demonstration of ascension out of the grave, an ascension unto heaven and a sitting down until his enemies be made a footstool. I'm going to finish here and then maybe we'll start next week from here onward as the Lord leads. Thank you for joining me, Dominion Sonship. Here we are. We are at the end of today's message, which was the Holy Spirit teaches. Done. Amen. Bye.